Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'es Hashem, uh, Shalom Bayesh, Shir number 156. The Gemara talks about how in the in Eretz Yisrael, when someone got married, they used to ask the question, Matzah or Maitzah? And there's various Purushim on this. One Pasuk says, Matzah Isha Matzah Taiv. The other one says, Maitzani Mimavis Esa Isha. Mar Mimavis Esa Isha. And the difference between matzah and matzah, some of us want to explain, is matzah's present tense. He's constantly finding, he's constantly trying to look. Even after he's married, he's in the finding mode. Even if he, after he said, even after he put the ring around her finger, he hasn't moved on from the parsha. He's still in shaduchim. He's still dating in his mind. And technically, they're now married. His wife is a full-fledged Aishas Ish. And he can't make peace with that situation. He sees a flaw. He sees something that's bothering him. And all of a sudden he sees, you know, I have options. He's a mitzay. He's constantly second-guessing his choice. He's constantly looking beyond. He's constantly seeing maybe I could have done better. He's doing the comparing game. And um, all that stuff. That's Marmi Mavis. Because the mitzah, the present of constantly looking, does not make peace with your situation. And everything you do is going to drive you crazy. He's not living in the real world. He sees everything as chesreinus. He doesn't enter reality. He's stuck in his immature, romantic fantasy world of the Parsha as if he's still dating, as if he's still looking in, in a dream world. And that's Gehenim, because his expectations will never be met. Um, number one, he's not grounded in reality. And number two, that attitude. You need to deliver. I need to have someone perfect. Um, I need someone to take care of me, and that's my goal in life. It's a, it's a babyish outlook on marriage and on life. And it's doomed to for failure. That's the mitzah mentality. Marriage does not work that way. And in the immature mind, no matter how much you want it to work that way, it does not work that way. Um, you're there to be primarily a giver, uh, and certainly not a demander. And um, you need to work. You're there to work together with your spouse towards a common shared goal and value. And um, she's not there to prove that she's worthy of your love. That's not the purpose. A maitza, that's maitza. And that's doomed for failure. Then there's matza. Matza means he already found. Which means like this. He understands that everything up to now is, is, is irrelevant right now. All those cheshbainas when you were dating, whatever it is, it's not negay anymore. You signed the dotted line, so to speak. Now you get to work. Whatever was, was. This is my wife. This is my life. This is my matzif. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And what I'm going to do is make this the best possible matzif that can be. And that is really a tremendous uh, success when you have that matzah. It's mine. It's done with. And not as a resignation but as a commitment, 
I'm going to succeed, I'm going to be Matzliach. And then V'yavik Ratzin Mashem. And then he will have tremendous Siyata Dishmaya. So that's what a person needs to know as a key to have a successful marriage. It's forever. And uh, it's not a mistake. And once you put the ring around the finger, she's bound to you and she, you're bound to her. And that's, that knowledge itself is in and of itself a real key for the marriage. Now, again, there are people who are divorced and we always see, we said all the way in the beginning in the Hagdama, the first year, all along, Khalila the Khalila to be judgmental on people are divorced because in many, in some situations, um, it was necessary and it had to be and we're not supposed to be judge people. We need to be done the kavschus. And even if mistakes were made, married people make plenty of mistakes. And very often, a this misconception of that a divorced person is more flawed than a married person is, unfortunately or unfortunately, no matter where you put it, is not accurate. Every individual is separate. But the bottom line is what we're going to say here is that um, that if you're married and you marry the first time, very often you need to realize that divorce is usually very avoidable. There's a book called Dear Son by Rabbi Goldschmidt, Rabbi Leo Goldschmidt, a beautiful book, and he basically talked about as follows. Uh, he, um, he was talking to a divorced uh, person, Yes, why did you divorce, divorce your first wife? And he answered, I had no patience for her. I couldn't deal with her. I see, are you happily married now? Oh, yes, I'm very happily married now. So is your second wife opposite in character of your first wife? No, not at all. You can't imagine how, how much patience I need to deal with her. So I don't understand, I asked, said. Why were you able to be so much more patient with this wife than you were with your first wife? He smiled and shrugged, and he said, you learn from your mistakes. And um, some people don't learn from their mistakes the first time around, and they wind up getting divorced two times, three times, and so on. So anyone who is divorced that's hearing this, they need to assess themselves honestly and correct whatever errors in their character, whatever they need to correct in order to get remarried and that that marriage should last. And for the people who are married for the first time, they could keep it so, and they should keep it so, by simply working on their character now. And when you learn from your mistakes, you develop and you grow. So if one was already divorced and it's done with, they learn from their mistakes, they correct things, they come in with a fresh perspective, and God willing, their next marriage could work beautifully. And for the people who are married for the first time, divorce is a last option. Before that, you basically assess and say, I married the right person. A lot of it is just a matter of working towards growth with each other, working on myself, working together. And a lot of these marriages could be saved. And um, that's very, very important, you said. And um, part of it is not taking responsibility of an achrayas. There is a romantic, beautiful aspect of marriage. 
that's a, that's unbelievably um, tremendous. But at the same time, as we all know, part of marriage is a very, very um, serious thing where it's a big responsibility and to take that achrayas with seriousness and to be the best husband you could be and the best wife you could be takes a lot of hard work. And there's no question about the hard work that it takes. There's a kuntras, um that's... Um, there's a website, Guard Your Eyes, and there's someone that um, anonymously could get contrasim on um, on uh, for chasanim and for kalas teachers and so on and so forth, and you have to ask by request uh, the kuntras. So I got Rishus to... Um, to have it, and uh, some of the pointers I will bring up, and some of what I said here is from that Kuntras. Um, it says an interesting point here, and this is something that is very important to know, and if you really uh, think about it, it's something that needs to be addressed, because we see the beauty in Aharon coin that he made Shalom, right? He heard an argument, that he went to the husband and he said, uh, I heard you're fighting with your wife and um, and he tries to convince him that you're not going to find anyone better and that she didn't mean what she did and so on, tried to make shalom. And then he went to the wife and did the same thing and they created, there was tremendous shalom with each other from that. As we said last time from Avast Rab Nassen, that when they reunited, they named their child that was born after the reuniting, Aharon, in that schus, because they had a car type to him. But people are not naive. The question is, very often in these things, where Aharon, yes, he sort of changed a little bit from the MS in order to bring Shalom, but people aren't stupid. So the husband and wife, uh, you know, when they said, when they heard Aharon, like saying, oh, he, he, uh, he meant he's really feels bad and whatever it is, and she says this and he says that. So the question, you know, if if you think about it, is why didn't they catch on that uh, you know Aharon, uh, you know, at some point they'll realize that it's not the case. The answer is is something very remarkable and very deep, and that is Aharon. Even though it says right, so he didn't he deviated somewhat from what we call pure emes, and he um, embellished, so to speak, in order to create that shalom. But it was not a deviation from truth completely. There was always a nukuda of emes there. There was because because it's impossible to believe that a haran was successful in making shalom through total open sheker, lying and lying and lying totally opposite, sooner or later, these couples or these the people that are arguing, they're going to realize Aharon's just not being honest with them about this other person. It wouldn't work. Why did it work with Aharon? The answer is, is the, is the Chazala not saying that he lied, Khalila, it, it, like with empty, empty stories that never happened? No. What Aharon was Matzliach in doing with Ahava Sabriyais, is he put into their hearts to see that Nakuda Taiva, the true Nakuda Taiva in your friend. That's really in his Pneumius. So, for example, in the Beinad Chavera that Rashi says, 
that Aaron went to one person and said, you know, that other person that, that, that you got into a fight with feels very terrible about the situation. He really wants to make peace. It's, it's not that Aharon was lying. He actually saw in them, because he loved Eden so much, and he saw the Nekuda Primius, he saw the depths of the heart of the Yid, that he really does want to reconcile. That he really wa- does want to become um, reunited with his friend. And same thing between husband and wife. It's not that the, that the Aaron was lying to the wife about the husband, the husband about the wife. He, put, he, he saw beyond the layers. He saw beyond the layers. He saw behind the husband misbehaving with something that there was a deep regret in, them, in him. That he, he, he saw the panemius of his heart that maybe the person wasn't even aware of himself. And he, awoke, he awakened that in them by doing this. That's a very important point to know about Aharon HaKoyin. And it's a very important point to know in general how to make peace between a husband and wife and how a married couple can make peace with one another. Their external behaviors is not everything. It's just the surface. You may be very upset at external behaviors. One of them is very messy. Constantly throws, has dirty laundry on the floor. Other things that are externally um, negative. But the panemius is pure and it can be brought out. It can be brought out into external once you recognize it and it's developed and it grows. That's an excellent way of reconciling. Number one, the matzah. I found. And even if things were bumpy till now, right now, this is it. This is my wife. This is my husband. I love her. I love him. And I'm going to work my best to, to do our best to build this marriage as best as can possibly be going forward. And it's going to happen if we put in that effort. That's the matzah. And also, when Aharon HaKoyin did this, the couple could do it by themselves also, to be done the kavzchos, to see beyond the, the whatever negative behavior that's upsetting you, and realize there's a depintula yid, there's an akuda taiva in every husband and every wife, and in your own husband there's an akuda taiva, and in your own wife there's an akuda taiva, and it just has to be brought out. And when you learn what it is, and you learn to develop that, they actually transform it's not like they become a new person. It's, it's, it's that they become the best person that they were inside and potential. And they're bringing out their potential. Have a wonderful day.